Hi, this is Jeff Cooper, and we welcome you to another Disney at Play podcast. Welcome. We're glad to, you could join us today. A big part of visiting a Disney theme park is the anticipation that goes with it. Perhaps that's planning the trip itself, where you're going to stay, the hotel you're going to be in, all of that, which parks you're going to and which day. Making the drive from your hometown, figuring out how you get on your favorite airline, all those factor into planning and preparing for your trip. For me, it was a drive from Phoenix, Arizona, where I would look out my window for the Matterhorn, even though we had just driven by Palm Springs. We were still another hour away, but I was so excited and I wanted to be the first to see the monorail. And then after you pass by seeing the monorail, you wanted to see the sign or any other sign for that matter of the park, but definitely the sign entrance to the park. And as you got parked, then you started looking for the posters. These posters in the early Disneyland days would line up along the, um, the, uh, the uh, berms of the monorail. Um, the stanchions of the monorail. And they are also along the front of the park where the Mickey Floral portrait was and underneath the train tracks as you headed toward Main Street, USA. There are also a couple other places in those early days where you would find the posters. Uh, in the back of the arcade, you would see Disney poster art and a few other places like this. Um, these weren't just inspiration and uh, terrific art. They were business. Disney was intending for many years to sell you on the idea of buying additional tickets to go on rides. Back in the early days, one well, of the very first years, it only cost you a dollar of general admission. It didn't allow you any rides unless there were free attractions, but it did get you in the park. So they really wanted you to buy the, the ticket books, which offered a pretty good value as opposed to buying each ticket straight. But they also knew that sometimes you ran out of tickets and they wanted you to buy as many of those tickets as possible. And so this was just like, just like when you're going through a movie lobby and you see lobby post, uh, posters in the movie lobby of upcoming films and attractions coming to town. They want to sell you on the idea, hey, we've got a, a, a new show coming. Don't miss this movie. It's the same thing. We want you to make sure you check out all of the Disney attractions. And by the way, a lot of them did a great job of helping you understand just what it is you're gonna see when you went on that attraction. Take, take Pirates of the Caribbean, for instance. That building in New Orleans Square was a pretty plain looking, I mean, it was very ornate, very French in its design, but there's nothing that says you're going to have a, a swashbuckling time in the Caribbean when you go through it. I just didn't even give you that sense of it until you actually got on the boat. And so these poster, pieces of poster art just really gave you a great sense of what it is you were getting yourself on. I should mention, if you haven't obtained a copy of poster art by the Disney, of the Disney Parks by Danny Henke and Vanessa Hunt, uh, you definitely need to obtain a copy. The introduction for this book is done by Tony Baxter. It is the definitive volume of Disney poster art throughout the world, though the caveat is it doesn't include the poster art for Shanghai Disneyland. That set is very nice as well. And my favorite, uh, and by the way, you definitely need to be 
into the notes page for this podcast because we're going to refer to uh, many of these posters. I'm going to name my top favorite 10 uh, posters of all the Disney posters. And honestly, if you know Disney parks in the least, you'll probably know the poster as I refer to it. You'll probably already have a visual image because these posters are just, they're just strong visual um, memories and icons that you just remember. However, I should also note that there are some that you may not know. And for instance, I've posted Pirates of the Caribbean Battle for Sunken Treasure, which is an attraction in Shanghai Disney. That's a, that is a great example of an attraction trying to tell you what the ride is going to be like. You're going to be on a boat. You're not only going out to sea, you're going under the sea in this attraction. And it does a great job of really showcasing that. So at any rate, without further ado, I want to talk about my 10 top favorite pieces of poster art in all of the Disney theme parks. Number 10. This is an oldie goldie for me because actually I had this poster in my bedroom. It was there for several years, printed in 1977. It is Space Mountain Disneyland. Now, eventually, this poster also was used at Walt Disney World and Tokyo Disneyland. It was designed by um, Jim Mickelson, Ernie Princehorn, and Rudy Lord. But what's interesting about this is that the poster actually has a date of 77, which was the year that the attraction opened in Disneyland. And yet, if you remember, Space Mountain opened a few years previous at Walt Disney World. As far as I can tell, even though Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom opened up with poster art, they didn't have a Space Mountain poster art from the start. Uh, this one makes up for it. It's font use of uh, kind of the futuristic look with Tomorrowland um, is just amazing. The centerpiece of it is the shape of Space Mountain itself, which is just a beautiful architectural structure. On top of it are rockets or ride vehicles that are going through space that do these great little turns and twists. And it just gives you an excitement for wanting to go on the attraction. Plus, again, it communicates very succinctly, this is what this ride is all about. That's what's inside this building. But it does so in a great thematic way. The cosmos is behind it. It just has a great feel for Tomorrowland, kind of going into that feeling that you're soon going to get with the black hole, with Tron, has that whole look and feel of that time, of course, Star, uh, Star Wars. Number nine is the only one I have for Disney California Adventure. That park became the second Disney park um, that wasn't a Magic Kingdom to have a Disney poster collection. Tokyo Disney Sea being the first. And what's interesting about that, by the way, is you, if you listen enough to these podcasts, you know I can't talk enough about Tokyo um, Disney parks. But I have to say that the poster art for Tokyo Disney Sea, I don't have anything that really stands out as a favorite of all those posters. However, the entire series for Disney California Adventure is just um, brilliant. And the best of the best 
is this red car trolley image. All of these were done by Greg Miletic. And um, it says at the top, the shortest route between Buena Vista and the Hollywood Tower Hotel. On it is a bright red trolley with the sign Los Angeles with the number 717, which corresponds to July 17th, which is the day Disneyland opened up. Underneath it, you have the red car trolley with the logo of the red car trolley, very comparable to what was the logo back then in the days of the trolleys. Uh, at the very bottom, you show it, they show its route. It's a series of four dots from Buena Vista Street to Carthay Circle Street to Hollywood Boulevard to Sunset Boulevard. All these are major roads that are a big part of the Disney legacy. Uh, Buena Vista Street is one of the streets in which uh, the Walt Disney Studios is actually located. In the back of the trolley is, uh, well, first of all, boarding the trolley um, are a couple of people and they're dressed up. You see the gentleman. It's much of a period piece. It's, it's, um, it has a very stylistic quality to it. He's got a coat and tie on. She has a dress on. And um, there's a balloon cellar behind that. And then behind it are palm trees. And even beyond it is a towering Carthay Circle theater. So just beautiful. But my favorite part of it is what's even behind that. And that is a set of mountains. A lot of people don't see the mountains at Disneyland. You have to kind of wait for a clear day to see it. I love the fact that they, um, which technically you couldn't have done this picture of the trolley with Carthay Circle and the mountains. The mountains kind of go in a different direction, but but notwithstanding, it's a great photo and it really does bring all that is Los Angeles and California out in its, its form. Love it. It is number nine. Number eight is the Mark Twain Riverboat. Now this poster, and by the one I've depicted, they were both done by Debbie Lord, the one for Disneyland and the one for Tokyo Disneyland. The one for Disneyland I actually have in my family room downstairs. I just love it. It kind of has that woodcut look um, to the drawing of the Mark Twain. And then just a, a wonderful set of fonts that are used as if to suggest an 1800 style poster. The one on the website uh, indicates that it's not in Frontierland, it is in Westernland, which is the name of Frontierland in Tokyo, uh, Disney. And then there's a little bit of Japanese underneath, but the whole of it is largely English because it says Mark Twain, Riverboat, Cruise the exciting rivers of America aboard an authentic steam-powered sternwheeler, Western land, then the part in Japanese, and then the very bottom, Tokyo Disneyland. Beautiful, very stylish, very period-driven poster. It looks like it belongs in that era, and that's why it is my number eight pick. Got to love that. Number seven is a tie. But it's a tie based on the, on the same named attraction, but different attractions. Probably no film has had more different versions of an attraction than 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. My first piece of poster art here that I just love is an original Disneyland one from 1955 by um, Bjorn 
uh, Aronson. And it is very stylish, very 1950s um, uh, WPA style look uh, for it. The, the logo for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is great. It says, see the giant squid from 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So there was no ride for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea when Disneyland first opened in 55. But as you came into Tomorrowland, you could go and see an exhibit of the Nautilus sub and of the squid through the windows. And this is the poster art that celebrates that. In the foreground is a very stylized version of what seems to be a dad and two, uh, uh, and a son and either two sons and a son or a daughter. And they are looking at the squid. They are in shadow form. The squid is in this beautiful, um, violet um, lavender color with yellow eyes that just look right at you. And it's a great, the color, the use of colors with the aquamarine, the lavender and the reuse of the browns just is a great combination. The red they chose for the title 20,000 Leagues MVC, just fantastic. Now the second one I want to celebrate is 20,000 Leagues MVC at Magic Kingdom. This uh, piece was done by Richard Hebner in 1971 when the park opened, but it's actually based on one that was done by Sam McKim, who did a lot of the Disneyland uh, maps. And this one was done by Sam in 1955, or 59, 1959, when the submarine voyage opened up. And it has this um, very... Uh, uh, skewed view of the submarine uh, going through the ocean and you see these little mermaids below. What's different about this poster is that for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea you don't see a submarine, you see a Nautilus sub and, and in the submarine photo by the way you actually see people looking out of the portholes. You don't see that in the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea um, photo or a poster art, but everything else is almost the same in it. All of the background is nearly the same. You don't have mermaids, rather you have text saying relive Captain Nemo's adventures, journey through liquid space. And at the bottom it says Fantasyland as opposed to Tomorrowland with the submarines. Number six takes us to New Orleans Square for Pirates of the Caribbean. Now there have been a number of Pirates of the Caribbean posters done, particularly one at Walt Disney World, which I felt was a little, it was just kind of too crowded, too messy a photo, or, or a poster, uh, as poster art. This is a much cleaner look and when I I think one of the reasons I always resonated with this poster, just to describe it first of all, it says with a fly, with a banner flying at the top, Pirates of the Caribbean. In text it says, sail with the wildest crew that ever sacked the Spanish main. In the background, you have these warm orange-like colors with a map of the eastern seaboard leading toward the Caribbean. But the primary draw on this image is a pirate 
with a sword in one hand, a pistol in another. He stands in front of a treasure chest. There is a parrot. And most all of these objects, the parrot, the treasure chest, and the pirate are all in this very bright, very um, brilliant color of red. And I always thought that this was a Mark Davis sketch. So I was a little surprised when I read the book and found out that not that the poster had been done by Colin Campbell and that Colin had used himself as the face of this pirate. And we show you a picture of Colin a few years later. He's got a white beard instead of a black beard. In this case, he's he's uh, doing construction at Disney MGM Studios just prior to its opening. And it's a nice photo of him, but it kind of gives you a sense. However, if you actually go into the Mark Davis volumes, you'll see that the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction poster line work guide was done by Mark Davis in late 1966. Then the silkscreen poster with final design was done by Colin Campbell in early 1967. Um, and so it two things there. Colin Campbell does use his face. Colin Campbell does finish it, but Colin Campbell borrows from the sketch quality of art that Mark Davis had produced. If you've ever seen the Pirates of the Caribbean booklet, which was sold when this attraction premiered, it was a involved booklet telling you about the pirates and educating you about not only um, pirates, that lived in and uh, worked in the Caribbean, but also the making of the attraction itself. Anyway, long story short, uh, this is um, kind of a combined work with Colin Campbell having finished it out and using his image. It's a great poster. The Disneyland Paris Pirates poster isn't a bad one, and I did submit the one for Shanghai. Still, this one just stands out. I've never bought a picture of the poster to actually put up because I don't really have a place for somebody with a sword and a pistol. But notwithstanding its grand design, it's beautiful and it just speaks to what is truly Pirates of the Caribbean. Number five keeps us in that pirate theme, but we head to Disneyland Paris. There are some really fantastic collection of poster arts for Disneyland Paris. Um, though they were done for Magic Kingdom, really, I think maybe Crush's Coaster, but there aren't a lot that were ever done for Walt Disney Studios Paris. That said, the one done for Adventure Isle is stunning. It is a beautiful, uh, beautiful poster done by George Stokes, Chris Teets, who headed up the Adventureland team. For that attraction in Mimi Shan. And back in 1991, so quite early before the park was actually completed, I think they used this to help sell the park and promote the park and, and get people on board to the park. And this image you probably have not seen unless you spent a lot of time in Paris. Um, in the background, you see Adventure Isle, and it's marked by two things. One is the kind of Tom Sawyer version of the Isle where you have caves and you and you have bridges and so forth, and places to explore the rocks, 
and so forth. And the other side, which is the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse. The, the, the drawing of this gives a much bigger and higher gap between the two. And you have this bridge that connects the two together. It's just so, so takes you to another place. It is just so wonderful. In front of it is a full, that's pretty much silhouetted in blue. In front of it is a full color version of uh, the tuna boat. The the ship that is Captain Hook's ship that you saw in the old Fantasyland, which was kind of brought in to Adventureland here at Disneyland Paris. It's there. You see guests on board kind of looking around, checking it out. And then my favorite part of the poster, one of my favorite parts, is up in the foreground, they basically have the, the opening of what is Skull Rock. You see that um, opening there. You see a, a Skull, Rock, Skull Rock kind of silhouetted in the shadow in the foreground. Just such a great poster. It takes you to another place, and it does a great job doing it. Our next stop takes us to the Country Bear Jamboree. A little bit of Americana with uh, musical heritage of our past. Actually, that's not on the poster. What is on the poster, it says the Country Bear Jamboree, the wildest show in the wilderness. Keep in mind, that phrase came years before you heard the phrase the wildest ride in the wilderness linked to uh, the... Um, Big Thunder Mountain. This particular poster says Disneyland and Walt Disney World, and it's given in the book as um, having been used at Disneyland, Walt Disney World, and Tokyo Disneyland, done by J Jim Mickelson, uh, Mark Davis, and Eddie Martinez in 1978. However, if you recall, the poster must have been done in anticipation of the opening of Walt Disney World, which was 1971. And in fact, if you go to Mark Davis's book, there's a great little photo of Eddie Martinez painting this attraction poster. You would have thought these posters were probably, uh, I don't know, I was thinking maybe they were a foot and a half by two feet, something in that nature. But Eddie is actually printing something that is about six feet tall. That's how big these attraction posters were when they were painted. Eddie talks about this. He goes, I was working on the Hall of Presidents and Mark approached me while he was doing Country Bear Jamboree. He said, I want an oil portrait of the characters of the show on canvas. I'm having a contest of the artists here. Would you like to enter the contest to see if I pick you? And I said, of course I would. So I went ahead and painted my version of his characters as a sketch and submitted it. He came back to me later and said, Eddie, I picked you to do the portrait. So I had a large canvas stretched and I painted the portrait of the characters. Then later, John DeCure, I guess, got permission to have some of his artists design and paint the posters for the Magic Kingdom. I guess Mark heard about it and said, Eddie, can you design and paint a poster for the bear band? So I designed a wood carved oval frame featuring his characters' faces as carved out of wood. 
When it was all finished, I asked Mark to see it, and he said, that's great. Then I painted that banner on there along the top, and I wood grained that, and then I sent that to the graphics department, and then they superimposed all their graphics on top of that. So that's how we ended up finishing the whole thing. I have to tell you, this is just this elevates this crazy bear band to a whole nother level. This poster art is the wood grain. It just almost looks like it's a photo of a carving. It is so beautifully and eloquently done. And uh, it's just, and it reminds you of the theater and all the uh, touches that are done in the proscenium of the theater. So it just ties in beautifully. It's got, um, it's got the original owner, is that Ursus H. Minor? I can't remember his name, um, who is at the top of the proscenium in the theater as well. Great, great poster. Country Bear Jamboree. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Number three. Alice in Wonderland. The poster is this teal beauty with the word Alice in yellow and her hair in the same matching color. Alice is in color actually with her blue and white pinafore dress and her, and her face, but all surrounding her are these symbols and characters that form the Alice in Wonderland dark ride. And this is very cool and clever how they've done this. It says Alice in Wonderland, the bottom it says Fantasyland, but all around Alice, as you look at this on my show notes page, you'll see that it says uh, the Upside Down Room, Garden of Live Flowers, Mad Tea Party, Through the Keyhole, Told You Would. What you're essentially doing between these characters and these titles are given a sense of the, the layout of how this ride plays, plays out. And it's just, it's beautiful. It's also beautiful because it really represents that stylized form used in the 1950s um, that was simple in its form and was the right format for the kind of manner in which they printed out these posters. These posters were silk screened. And I remember being at Central Shops at Walt Disney World seeing these silk screens. If you can imagine this, this very fine, um, not net, but almost like a silk stocking. And it's stretched over a canvas and each layer of paint goes on top of the other. So in this case, for Alice, you would have had the teal paint first and then you would have maybe laid the blacks and then you would have laid the blues and then you would have laid the whites and then you would have laid the yellows and the, and the reds at the end. And, and so you have this layer in the silkscreen format and it's just, it's a very unique way of printing. It's done layer by layer by layer and it is an artistic form. It is also, by the way, and we'll have to have another podcast for this, but it's also the manner in which the trash receptacles are done in the parks. And they had this container that allowed you to kind of rotate the trash receptacle as you laid down this uh, silk screen 
on top of the receptacle. So this was, this was an art form in and of itself creating these. And the early ones of the 50s and 60s really play off of this. This one was done in 1958 by Sam McKim. It's just it's so impressive. And that's why it's number three. Number two, Swiss Family Treehouse. This is a great example of a poster that again takes advantage of that silk screening technique that I talked about. But what I love about this poster is that the color choices really pop out. Um, when you look at the version I show on my website, um, the color choices has these pink flowers in the trees um, matted up against an orange horizon and down below with a green jungle. Uh, it is just, there's this elevation to it, these layers to it. Um, you clearly get a great view of what the treehouse looks like. It says, climb the stairway to high adventure, Swiss family treehouse. At the bottom, you see the jungle cruise boat going by. So that's pretty kind of clever and cool. This poster is, is not only a favorite, it hangs in my bedroom. We try to, uh, we kind of have a Tommy Bahama look in my bedroom. And this, along with the original Jungle Cruise poster, which isn't my favorite, but it was available at the time. So it's a perfect compliment for that room. I wish I could have gotten um, the Adventure Isle one from Disneyland Paris, but they have been hard, at, at least in those years, to get a copy of that. Um, this poster has been revised a couple of times for the Tokyo Swiss Family Treehouse and the Disneyland Paris Treehouse. Um, as well as the Walt Disney World Treehouse. There's also a Tarzan version where you see Tarzan's Treehouse, but it uses the same style and look and feel, and it's done for Hong Kong Disneyland, and now currently um, Disneyland, as well as their Tar Tarzan Treehouse replaced their Swiss Family uh, Treehouse a number of years ago. That is number two. It brings me now to number one. The Railroad Poster Collection for Disneyland posters is probably the largest for any one type of attraction. That's appropriate because actually this idea of having a poster and having these, these um, showcased was a very common thing in railroad stations or bus stations. They were all promoting, promoting sites to see around the world. In particularly, the Works uh, Public Administration, WPA, during the 1930s when um, money was tight, um, the, the Roosevelt administration had hired artists to come and do work. I worked with the Chicago Brookfield Zoo, and they still have a lot of artistic sculptures and other pieces of work that were done during that WPA um, period where they were just trying to put artists to work. And so they also used artists to promote the national parks, which had become a, a big part of the country at that time. And they have these stylized certain look and feel posters. And I'm just saying all this to tie into the two that are at the top and they tie together. They tie together because they cover the same theme, not the railroad, though they include that, it's primarily that they cover the Grand Canyon diorama. Now I am from Arizona, and so I have a great pride for my home state. 
I love the Grand Canyon. I love the Grand Canyon Suite, which plays dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Yeah, that plays uh, while you go through on the train. Um, and so there are two posters I really celebrate in the number one. The first is Ride the Santa Fe and Disneyland Railroad, the scenic route around Disneyland via Grand Canyon Diorama, largest in the world, depots at Main Street, Frontierland, and Tomorrowland. This is a beautiful poster done by Paul Hartley. I love the levels of it, but I love the color, the very soft teal against the purples and lavenders of the Grand Canyon. It is a, and blacks, and then the blacks, especially in the train. It is a beautiful piece and uh, a great style. Again, going back to that very simple uh, silkscreen style that was used in the 50s and 60s, and frankly, back into the WPA administration. However, my second Thai favorite is another one it is the Grand Canyon. See the breathtaking Grand Canyon view, the eighth wonder of the world aboard the Euro Disneyland Railroad with signs saying ride in safety, ride in comfort. You see this train coming along the river, which was probably the rivers of America. You see an Indian um, watching from the distance on a butte. You see the Grand Canyon and its colors in the background. This is very much done in that WPA style that was very common um, in the early part of the 20th century. And Eddie Sato, Peter Pullenby, uh, Pullenby, Tom York did, these in, did this one in 1991. I would have this in my house if I could figure out where to go get a good print. But unless something's happened in the last year or two, I haven't seen one and I've been looking for the better part of 10 or 15 years. This is my favorite, favorite Disneyland poster art because it takes me back to my own heritage in Arizona. It takes me to the beauty that is one of the most beautiful parks in the world, Disneyland Paris. And it takes me, um, and, and it's just a beautiful poster. It's just a beautiful poster and, and definitely worth seeing. I did add an honorable mention, but I can't really include his poster art, although it is included in the poster art booklet. That is, the 21st century begins October 1st, 1982, Walt Disney World, Epcot Center. In, in this poster, which is largely shades of black, you see this silver spaceship Earth ball all by itself in the cosmos with a trail of light that is circling through as if there were Space Mountain rockets kind of going through. It has that same design aesthetic as that original Space Mountain poster that I mentioned. So if you compare the two, the only reason I can't really include this because this is, while this was posted at Spaceship Earth, this is not a Spaceship Earth poster, nor is it even, um, nor is does it even say Spaceship Earth. It really was an attraction. It was a really a poster for the park and to advertise how um, Epcot was, was coming in 1982. And what a great phrase. The 21st century begins October 1st, 1982. So brilliant. It also takes me to um, the Odyssey building at Epcot where right now the Epcot experience is showcased in a wonderful multimedia 
uh, display, but at the same time, uh, you have these attraction posters, which were done for D23 last year. All these different um, exhibits, again, in that stylized version of silk screening, you have attractions that are coming, you have attractions that exist, you have attractions that have long been retired, and all of that is uh, found inside of the Odyssey at the Epcot Experience. So if you, if you want more of this craziness of Disney poster art, then you definitely gotta go there and check out all of the posters. There are dozens of posters there. They're very cool. Well, hey, I have waxed long and strong about Disney poster art, but I gotta talk about the things I love, and I do love it. Is there a favorite poster that you have? Please share that with us in our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know what is your favorite Disney poster art. There's others I haven't mentioned uh, yet. Star Jets, especially the ones at Tokyo Disney. Um, just lots of other uh, posters, some great Fantasyland ones. Small World is a great one. What was your favorite? Tell us on our Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to both DisneyAtPlay.com and DisneyAtWork.com where you can get notifications of new articles and posts and podcasts coming out. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or your favorite podcast subscriber, so you know when podcasts are coming. And just uh, hang with us because we're here to present all of the fun things that you can find in the wonderful world of Disney. And uh, I hope that you are anticipating all that there is to come, just as I anticipated all that there was to come when I saw these incredible pieces of Disney poster art. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us in the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. See you real soon.